Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. All right, so Stephen Semple, and this is the bonus edition of the Uncle Nearest Podcast from the Empire Builders Podcast. So I'm here with David Young, who you guys all know, uh, do the podcast with me, but we have two special guests. We have Gary Bernier and Morning Mays, both of whom are whiskey sommeliers along with David and myself. And so we thought, since we had this great podcast on Uncle Nearest and a mm-hmm. fabulous story, and if you haven't listened to it, you, you, you really want to go give it a listen, but we thought, you know what? We can't talk about whiskey and just talk about whiskey. That just seems so very, very, very wrong, especially when we've got a couple of people who are like trained like in whiskey. So, and, and it brings a cool perspective because it's, it's all four of us have very, very different taste profiles. So this is, this is going to be, this is going to be fun. And in particular, Gary being with us, because Gary's got uh, his own whiskey YouTube channel. Hey, Gary. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to t- tasting the uncle nearest with the rest of you. All right. Yeah, and, and and you know we we recorded this podcast months ago, and it's been really hard. This bottle has been sitting on my shelf, unopened, because I said I wouldn't open it until we did this. And morning continually comes over and says, "So when are we going to drink that whiskey?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> now to preface it, I did request a pour be made about fifteen minutes ago. Because I find some whiskeys take time. Really? They do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, morning really finds that. Morning really finds that. So, and, and, and for background for people, um, there's this traditional belief amongst whiskeys that, you know, the really smoky, peaty, harsh whiskeys are a thing that guys like and women, you know, tend to more like, you know, the light you know, bourbon, sweet bourbons and Irish whiskeys. Um, I'm going to tell you our relationship shatters that myth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Morning. Like, I mean, if if you open it and it smells like a campfire from, you know, two tables over mornings, like, what's that? I need to try that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I go, I go for the sweet stuff. I, I head straight to the sweet, like I, my favorite is a French single malt that's tastes like birthday cake. It's <laughs> <laughs> so you see, we're going to have four, uh-huh. we're going to have four perspectives on this, which so is, Dave, which is you really like great. the icing on the cake. Absolutely. Like the cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like the burnt pan. <laughs> well, this is going to be interesting then. So that's, the that's great. The to the bottom of the oven. <laughs> so, so what we're saying is Dave's here. I'm next to Dave and then Gary is between morning and I. So this is going to make for a really interesting tasting. Fact, given, I'm, I'm, I'm actually within reach. Look at this. I can go right. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. That's the that's, one I like. And then it's, it's, right. okay. it's darn near. I've, I've, I've actually I've bought a new bottle. Quite a bit. Often. <laughs> but yeah. And, and, and for background, Dave's, Dave's calling in from the, uh, the whiskey vault at the, at the Wizard Academy. And, and it's, as you can tell, the whiskey vault has got a lot of whiskey um, in it. 
So this is going to be cool. So just as a reminder, Uncle Nearest is a Tennessee whiskey. So what, what that means is, is it's made the way that a bourbon is made in terms of it having to be at least 51% corn. Mm -hmm. But what separates a Tennessee whiskey from a bourbon is its charcoal filter. And that's what basically makes it a Tennessee whiskey. And this whiskey that we're tasting comes from a recipe from Uncle Near, from Uncle Nearest, Nearest Green, who taught Jack Daniels how to distill. And it was through Reverend Call that Jack Daniels and Nearest Green met met one another. Um, and Nearest Green, uh, it was a you know a former a former slave in in Lynchburg, Tennessee, who went on to become this great distiller with Jack Daniels. And, and it was through discovering the story that Fawn Weaver basically fell in love with this story, bought the original farm and distillery it was on, and they are now making Uncle Nearest whiskey in honor of uh, Nearest Green. What a great honor. It's, it's, it's a, I love the story. It's just fabulous. So, so now, you already have some, are you going to pass the bottle through or what? Oh yeah. Okay. So here, here, here you go, Dave. Here you go, Dave. The magic of <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so enough so enough talking, now let's get to drinking. Oh. Mm. It's definitely there's definitely a sweetness on the nose. Mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not a big I'm not big into bourbon either, but I do like the sweetness of this. So what's, can you smell the difference between yours and, and Warning's? Oh, we haven't, no, we haven't, you, we haven't both have been sitting out? Okay. No, no, this is the one that's been sitting out. Ah, okay. So we have the fresh pour versus the one that's been sitting. You have a better nose than I do. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I smell the fresh oak on this coming through. Hmm. It's, mm -hmm. it's very sweet. I like it. I okay, like so the one that's been sitting isn't as sweet on the nose. So the one that's mm -hmm. been sitting is not as sweet on the nose is what you're feeling. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. How's the it sound? Stories, the story comes through as well. <laughs> I listen really hard. It's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> so what Drink do you think? Me. Drink me. What's interesting is because even though Tennessee whiskeys are, are still done in a, in a charred in a charred or toasted barrel. I'm not really getting much smoke through this. I'm not, no. How about you, Gary? Um, not smoke, but I do taste the char. Like I can, <laughs> I can taste the char. So the, the nose I was picking up, you know, the, the, the oakiness, the tannins, um, but I can sort of taste that charcoaling filter, which for me is, is nice, I like it. And, and I'm with Dave, this is a sweet bourbon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you, and you get more of that char sort of, I think, on the finish. Yeah, like there's yeah. a finish that I, you know, no, I, for me, that yeah, I get. What, the, what was interesting for me was the first sip, you know, was never our best sip. But right. this one, man, you got a lot of flavor out of that first sip when it was mm -hmm. waking your mouth up. I was, I was quite surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a sweet whiskey. There's no question about that. What's your thoughts on it, Morning? Reminds me of a sugar cookie. So sweet. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so this is so what I'm gonna guess yeah. here. No, this, this is far more of Dave's lane than your lane. <laughs> this one's for you, Dave. <laughs> Cheers. 
what's what's interesting is they made this uh, 50% alcohol by volume or just 100 proof right on the dot, um, which you don't see that often, right? Right. No, no, you really, you really don't. You either see it as being as being more or being or being less. Well, that's interesting. There is a little bit different flavor profile. Okay. What else? Well, I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna taint. So, Stephen, how quickly is this bourbon flying off the shelves in the U.S.? Oh well, I know they. I I know the the growth rate that they had on it was has been has been phenomenal, and they've they've built like they're building a new big fancy. Um, distillery so it's so it's doing like it's doing incredibly well and I think what's a real tribute to them is through the pandemic while the pandemic was good for alcohol sales the pandemic was not good for craft brewers or craft distillers um, uh, the craft industry really got really got hit and they managed they managed to to really maneuver their way through that through some really innovative innovative marketing ideas that 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 they did um they really seized it as an opportunity and and kept driving things forward and now they're actually doing a fair bit of merchandising they ended up forget the guy's name they ended up hiring a person from disney who had, who basically ran merchandising at disney um and is now doing merchandising at the at the distillery cool yeah, yeah. i knew you said it was uh going quickly like in other words that it was growing quickly and yeah, yeah, they were they popular. were having, yeah, they were having months of like of double and triple or quarters of double and triple uh, percent growth. They had a period where they where they ran where they ran out of product, um, and and you know the, the and the cool thing is when they ran out of product, they just kept advertising. That's the way to do it. Well, and it, it's it's not unusual for a relatively new distillery to run out of product because the, you know, the first couple of years, you're, you don't have the capability to distill as much as you do in the later years. So you, as you grow, you increase your distilling capabilities, which means then you have to increase your barreling capabilities and, you know, just to meet the aging requirements. So yeah, I'm not oh, surprised yeah. that they trip, tripped over that uh, yeah. little growth spurt problem. Well, what everybody forgets about when you're, when you're doing whiskey, it's like it, you're having to figure out your demand three, four, five years out, right? Like, like, like today's distilling is not today's whiskey. And you've got inventory that just has to wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this, and this is why we see a lot of distillers start off making uh, moonshine and gins and vodkas mm -hmm. uh, because, because, you know, it's, you know, for a gin, you're six months from, it's a six month period from start to being able to have it on the, on the shelf. So it's not unusual that, Distillers will make a moonshine or a gin, sell that while while the other is while the other is aging to in order to bring in sales and cash flow. I think with vodka, you can just sell it as it drips out of the still. So pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, gin, you still gotta, you know, do a little, you know, put some other, you know, flavors uh -huh. and things like that. Yeah. You, you know, there's still the infusions, but it's still a much quicker product than than a whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting. Morning and I, when we were in last time, we were in Kentucky and Tennessee. We went to a lot of the uh, new distillers that have been popping up because there's there's so many that have popped up along the whiskey trail, and some of them were at a stage where they weren't making 
you know, whiskey yet. Um, and they were selling their moonshine. And boy, some of Which them. Which was fabulous. Oh, there's some that you went, love the moonshine. man, these are going to be awesome. Like when you're yeah. drinking a moonshine, you go, whew, this is going to be a great whiskey. It's like, yeah, we got to travel back there for when, because yeah. they're going to be, there's, there's some places that are going to be producing some unbelievable whiskeys, unbelievable whiskeys, because their moonshines were really good. Hmm. Well, I'm glad we were able to do this. So, so Gary, your your final thoughts on it? Um, this is a great representation of a Tennessee whiskey, right? A uh, little little bit sweeter than I was expecting. You know, mostly the Kentuckys are have that sort of sweet, a little bit more smoky. So this one, this one's sweet, but without that deep smokiness. This is a very nice uh sipping bourbon and i could see you using this for any uh mixed cocktail that calls for bourbon and being quite happy with it so mm. yeah i think it's, i think That's it's a point. great great bourbon to have in your collection and to uh share with friends i think it's a very so, nice can i can i add what i like about it now sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have a different take on on whiskeys that i like um because I, I don't have the palate, I don't have the nose that so many of you have for, oh, what do I like? What do I don't like? Am I, am I getting periwinkle or sassafras or uh, a little nut? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's whiskey, right? But here's I don't even thing. know what sassafras is. <laughs> I thought he was saying, kiss my ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but here's what I like about it. Now I have one more whiskey in my arsenal that I have a personal story to tell about. Mm. And to me, sharing a whiskey with someone is almost always about what's the story? What's the relationship that I have with the whiskey? Because I don't, I don't have the tools that, that a lot of uh, whiskey psalms have to pick out the different flavors and aromas in the bottle. And I know what I like, I know what I don't like, but I can tell a story about this whiskey now. We did a podcast about it. And so okay. as my repertoire of, of whiskeys that I can tell personal stories about grows, I think that that helps me be able to uh, help people uh, enjoy something about a whiskey that, uh, especially if they're not that into whiskey, uh, everybody loves storytelling. And so Uncle Nearest, man, it's a great whiskey. It's got a great story. And now I have a story to tell about it. So to me, that's, that's what I get excited about. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Good morning what's your thoughts on it how am i gonna top dave that's all <laughs> that, that's the, that's what happens you know, sometimes when you, you never want to follow dave well that's what happens when you don't get in first sometimes you end up being last and you're having to follow dave <laughs> i should have raised my hand a little bit sooner i guess um, so i will say i actually like it better when it sits because for me when it's so sweet on my nose that's kind of a it's a deal breaker a little bit, I would say. So as it sat, what was really nice is that oaky flavor that um, Gary was talking about sort of blended a little bit better with that mm -hmm. sweetness. And so it cut that for me. So it's actually quite drinkable at this point. Then it's not. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting, you know, and I think this is one of the things I always find fascinating about, about whiskeys is and one of the things we haven't done is is adding a little bit of water to it, but you add a little bit of water or even just this whole idea. And I've learned this one from morning because I didn't used to notice it is, 
you know, we think about wines opening, right? Like, like we're very used to pour a red wine and let it open. And half hour later, a red wine can have a very, very different flavor profile as that wine opens. And it's really interesting that this, that, that one of the things I've learned from morning is the same can happen with a whiskey that you pour a whiskey and let it sit for a little bit, that it's, it's, character can change a little bit as well now it tends to happen faster than with the wine but there's no question that there's those character changes um, that come from from just pouring it and letting it sit for a little bit and 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 get some of the alcohols released and and a little bit of air into it it's cool Mm -hmm. it's cool but dave i think one of the things i always love hearing from you is what's the definition of the best whiskey oh our definition at, at whiskey marketing school is the best whiskey is the whiskey you like to drink however the hell you like to drink it yeah. so uh we we don't like and then one of the things when, when we when we award one of these uh medallions to to a new whiskey psalm that's come come through the whiskey marketing school this thing this thing weighs almost a pound right my neck is tired <laughs> of having this <laughs> it's it's literally it's like putting a pound think of uh what a pound of frozen ground beef weighs right and, that around your neck. and then we tell people look if if you can put this on and still be pretentious about whiskey we're gonna come kick your ass right? this is this is absurd this is crazy right but it's cool too and it gives you a story to tell when you put it on and and somehow somehow a little pressure on the back of the neck from this thing it it does make me make me smell things that i don't wouldn't maybe maybe catch so 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 the only only extra that i like to add to dave's definition is my favorite whiskey is the whiskey that i like the most at the cheapest price Right? Like, like I love it when I find that one where you go, wow, I like this. And the price, that's it. This is great. <laughs> Dude, I love whiskey that, that somebody else bought. Yeah, well, you see, <laughs> you have that in your background there. <laughs> somebody else bought all of this. <laughs> anyway, this was this was fun. And and for people, if you I I hope. To Dave's point, it's a great story. Go go check out the uh, the Uncle Nearest podcast. It is it is such a fascinating story about about Jack Daniels and Nearest Green. Yeah, but don't skip the whiskey. Don't skip, don't the, don't the, whiskey. skip the whiskey. <laughs> go get a <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com.